0: Welcome to Double Dose of Raw Talk Podcast, your weekly dose of many discussions and opinions, a show where we get comfortable being uncomfortable. And remember, no topic is off limits. Now let's talk about it. Another component I wanted to highlight this in this segment is how has growing up Latina, you as a Latina daughter, impacted for you? And how you cope with raising a young man. How does that look like for you?
1: So, um, you know, in Latino cultures, there's machismo. There's, you know, (laughs) (laughs) the man needs to be served first before anyone else. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we don't do that Mm. shit here, okay? (laughs) We don't do that shit here, okay? If mom is hungry... And I cooked already, you can serve me mm, mm. um, and like vice versa, if I'm serving, like I'm serving for the both of us at the same time, and we're sitting together, um, and you know i i I try to teach him i mean, my mom, like I said, me and my mom, we've been raising him, so like my mom teaches yeah. him how to cook certain things, I teach him how to cook other things, and um but yeah that was that was one of the main things I was like. Yeah. One of the things we are going going away with in my family is yeah. that yeah because yeah. no man is above a woman and no woman is above a man. We're equal. Yeah. We're equal mm-hmm. here. And um yeah, that's that's been like super hard because you know, my mom's my mom grew up in the 50s and the 60s and you know, she always served my dad first. Mm. Like always. Mm-hmm. And I
0: hit my chest when she just
1: said that, and you know when I got old enough, and she would ask me to help her serve, it was like, "Serve your dad first serve your serve your brother once they have eaten, then we could eat and I was like, but I'm hungry mm-hmm. why do i have, mm-hmm. like why I'm like mm-hmm. So again, I mean, we're mostly Americanized like my mom was born here, my dad um was born on the island of Puerto Rico, but he came here mm-hmm. when he was nineteen, so he's okay he's okay. lived a lot of his life here my dad's sixty five mm-hmm. now um Beautiful. so we yeah we we definitely don't we don't give in to a lot of like l- most latino like traditions or cultures. So like when I hear certain things, I'm like, yeah, we don't do that in my house. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know yeah. what she's talking about. Yeah. But that's like one of the main things. Like the man gets surfers and whatever, whatever. Like the man, you know, tu le tiene que planchar la ropa, que que. Okay. Like make sure every- Oh my God. Girl, I said, I'm Girl. telling you, my mom would freaking work like a horse and then uh-huh. come home and cook and clean. And take care of you know take care of the kids like it was a lot and I like I I vowed to like not do that like in my life mm-hmm. unfortunately it's just me so I had to right um, <laughs> like I'm not gonna do that um, but mm-hmm. I you know I didn't have a choice I mean for for a large part of like Charles's life um, not mm. by choice but I I had to be a single mom um, mm-hmm. for the most part. And then once, you know, his dad was, help, you know, he, he finally got a kidney transplant five years ago and, yeah. um, you know, he's doing much better. Um, okay. so, you know, he's, he's been able to like be at more things and, and, and be more present. And yeah. I mean, that's, that I mean that was like really our struggle, but I also, you know, in doing my healing work, um, I, I, I've been extending everyone grace, and that's super important to me, especially because if you know better, you do better, right? And our Ooh. parents didn't know better. They grew up in a in a in a generation where they had to survive, and our generation just wants to thrive, right? We don't want to mm-hmm. survive anymore. Mm-hmm. um so it just extending my parents that grace because mm-hmm. they grew up. They grew up that way, so mm-hmm. even if you don't want to do certain things, like because even you said it, you said like you were you were never gonna like say I'll you know I brought you into this where I'll take you out, and then it, it mm-hmm. came out and then it came out, mm-hmm. right? So what people not what people don't realize is whether we want to do these things or not, they're in our subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. So when someone triggers something in us, and our kids are mirrors, mm-hmm. whatever you don't. Whatever trauma you don't work through before having kids, your kids will highlight them. Mm-hmm. And trust me, I highlighted all a whole bunch of my my parents' shit. Charles highlights a bunch of my shit. He lashed out on me uh, out of me on the other day, and when I like when he was lashing out on me, like, Daisy, I literally I saw myself, like, mm-hmm. and I was like, I can't keep doing that. Like, right. this is not a good environment for him. Like he's literally, like I was mad at him because I was like, "How dare you speak to me like that?" And I was like, mm-hmm. "Bitch, you do it." He's literally, yeah. yeah. It's like a copy and paste. Whatever yeah. they see you do, um, they're gonna do. Um. So yeah, it's it's been a struggle, but that like the man he's first.
0: No, but it has helped you cope with it, right? The way everything has shifted. It has helped you through the coping because I feel, first of all, I love that you said our parents' gener- generation had to survive and we're looking just thrive. And I think that goes along with, um, uh, for lack of better wording, coping mechanisms, even in our parenting, right? That moment that you had of him lashing out, it was such a fucking aha moment when you're like, who the, uh, does he think he is? And then it's like, oh wait. <laughs> that, He's me. That is me. That, I am him. That, that's me. Cause when I've said that, you know, and then I get the snarky sad comments for him not to hear it, but my family. Well, who's his mother? I got that. The, who's his mother? Who? <laughs> it's you. That's all you. And it and it's a and it's a harsh reality, mm-hmm. but it's very real. Uh, I wanted to bring something that, you know, you just said something that trigger. Okay. And I want to be able to bring that here. And uh, what does it look like in in the coping mechanisms with co-parenting, right? And and how our youth and growing up, how that how has that been um applied to us parenting, right? And even co parenting, right? Because, you know, your parents are still together. It's complicated.
1: <laughs> Girl,
0: I'm at like Libby's it's complicated let me tell you something my parents are still together and it's very complicated girl so i i, I it, it, sometimes currently, I feels like, ding, ding, currently ding, round two round
1: three yeah no girl, currently they yeah. they are communing in the same home as we speak how long like, that their, ha- like their roommates like their roommates yes because sometimes it
0: feels like that right I don't give a fuck what that piece of paper says, y'all. It is hard when they get older. Oh, child. No, no, no. I, 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 I'm mediating now. It's like mediating visits. That's what it's become. But shout out to my parents. Um. So the reason why I say that is because um, I do think there's a certain extent of co-parenting when people are still married and together and living in the same home with their children, right?
1: Gotcha.
0: But- when you haven't really grown up seeing what it looks like, the separate homes and and having to, you know, share who gets him, what weekend and so on. It is a little different. It's a different type of co-parenting, right? Just separate houses. But there's other things that fall under that, right? Yeah. And so I had a, a, a very aha moment, right? And I'll feel comfortable enough to share because by the time this drops, you know, I'm not trying to dish out Someone's business too much, but I appreciate you sharing so much what's going on what went on with your son's father because we're kind of in something similar right now uh i i it's still hard for me to understand what exactly is going on, and that is you know something that I don't think um he's felt comfortable enough coming out and just saying too much, but there is some health concerns okay. and it's it's news that's hit my son very very hard, and I shared this on my i g story the other day, yeah um and I'm not going to lie. And here goes, you know, Daisy keeping it all the way around here. I shared a picture of my sister hugging my son. Uh, he found out of what was going on. He was informed. I knew of it already. I just didn't know it was going to be told to him that moment. Like I knew it was coming. I just didn't know it was going to happen that moment. So I was not prepared. I was not feeling my best. I, I was a bit under the weather already and it caught me off guard. To see my son's reaction. He was, he has this thing when he's shutting down, he bites his lip. Mm. And so I peeped that. But every part of my body was in pain. I was not feeling well. And so I wasn't trying to get up. I'm not gonna lie. I was so out. I was so like, you know, when you said like this kid is just gonna get fat when he's gonna get fat. Like at that moment, I was just like. God, just let this kid just stand there and not react. Because I just, I didn't have it in me. I was just so tired, so beat up, my body, everything, right? Yeah. And I can see through his glasses, his eyes are getting watery. And I'm like, fuck, now I gotta get up. I felt like such a shitty fucking mom. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm I'm gonna be very honest. But I just, I, I didn't have it in me. And so my sister, Bless her soul, because she loves to cry. She goes, if you want to cry, it's okay to cry. And she gets up, and she goes to him to hug him and embraces him. And the kid breaks down. He breaks down hysterical. And he is crying hysterical. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And so my nephews are there, my sister's kids. Yeah. And my nephew, it is so funny, the dynamic. He goes, so we gotta hug him, too and 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 I look at my nephew and I'm like well nah I definitely gotta hug him because she got up and hug him and I'm his mother so I gotta get up and hug him so my nephew's like okay so then we're all gonna hug him and mind you they're still hugging each other like, crying hysterically just yeah. like joining in on this crying but what I realized in that moment was several things okay. one how this parenting shit I didn't see this shit coming I, I didn't know what the fuck to do with that moment And when I would normally co-parent and say, hey, co-parent, can you take over? Oh, guess what? I can't do that because it's about him. It's about him. So I really had to step in and I still didn't have it in me to do it. I had to turn to my support system, right? To, To help me here with that moment. And thank God she did. But what I also noticed was, here goes the mirror image. I'm a badass. I don't cry. You don't see me cry. I will hold it in. I will cry in the shower. I will cry in my bed. This kid will never see me cry. If he ever sees me cry, it's probably in a movie. Like I refused to ever let my kid see me cry. And the reason why is because I would never want him to think it's anything because of him. And I would never want my stresses to fall on his shoulders. So I always thought I was protecting him from that. Mm -hmm. And what I realized in that moment is that my son was trying to be a badass. My son was trying to be hardcore and strong and not let a single ounce of a tear come out because no one was supposed to see him cry. He was not comfortable feeling his feelings. He was not comfortable sharing his emotions. He thought he had to hide those tears. And that was the other moment for me where I said, oh shit, I fucked up because he is me. He knows that I cry in silence. He knows Mm. that I cry behind closed doors. And so in that moment where he should have been allowed, right, to break that cycle where I should have broken that cycle, where I should have parented different and not done exactly what my mama did all this time, hide her tears from us. I did it. I've been doing it. And my son learned it. And in that moment, I realized something besides me feeling like a shitty parent because I didn't just get up and hug him. I have taught this kid for the last 15 years of his life that he's supposed to be hardcore and a badass and he's not supposed to cry. Mm -hmm. And I felt even guiltier with that bullshit. And I said, fuck, like nobody teaches you this parenting shit, let alone co-parenting. I don't know how to do this whole thing even up to 15 years later. I'm Mm -hmm. still learning new shit. Like it was just such a fucking moment and, and I had to like, kind of have a follow-up conversation with him yeah. and I felt like I had to apologize for him in that moment and just say, like, I'm sorry I didn't get up like to immediately embrace you. Like it was, it's not that I don't want to, you know, not hug you or not love on you. I, I'm, I am in pain of physical pain, yeah. but at the same token, like I, I needed to follow up with more conversation and I needed to follow up with more feelings and emotions and let him feel, and let him embrace all those emotions, and let him let it out, and let him talk about it, and allow myself, not so much to redeem myself as a mother, Mm -hmm. I know who I am as a mother, I made a mistake, I fucked up, you know, but also to show him that it's okay to be wrong, or to have done something maybe not the right way, Mm -hmm. and to trying and be there for him more now because I wasn't there enough in that moment. And I, I wanted to highlight that here because I think there's so much we can learn from our childhoods and, and how we can apply that into our parenting and co-parenting of our children so that we continue to break these cycles or continue to do things differently for them, but also for ourselves. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to go into the double or
1: nothing. Wait, can I just say something before of you, course. Go, you go forward? Number one, you did not fuck up, Daisy. Like I said <laughs> before, if mm-hmm. you knew better, you would have done better. Right? Right. You saw right. your mom holds in her tears. I did. Uh mm-hmm. you saw her, you know, you didn't you saw her go into the bathroom and you heard her cl- cry behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. So you internalize that and you thought that that's what you were supposed to do hide your tears from Mm -hmm. from your child because your worries should not be his worries and everything you said is super super valid um but i want you to just give yourself a little bit more grace um just a little bit girlfriend because it's hard it's hard and Mm -hmm. i would do the same thing like you know the when I was going through stuff with Charles's dad, like he never saw, like he never saw us fight. He never saw, like he never saw me cry. None of that. Mm -hmm. Like I did all of that behind closed doors. And, but when I started my healing journey, like I made a point, this boy has seen me break down boo hoo boogers, everything because I'm having a bad day and I just need to cry. Mm -hmm. And I, and and the same thing, like I need him to understand that it is perfectly okay to cry. I think in mm-hmm. in Latino cultures, like when a when a, when a boy falls down, you're like, "Man up. Man up. Don't cry. Levantate. Don't cry. Mm-hmm. Levántate. Mm-hmm. A man is not supposed mm-hmm. to cry." Yep. Girl, that boy will, will fall, i will be like, "You want to cry?" And he would like cry. And he would literally cry. Mm-hmm. Um and I think now that you like you got that mirror moment, You're able, and and the fact that you were able to reflect on that moment, and now you're, you know, now you're able to, like, pivot and, like, show him that, yes, it's perfectly okay for a man to cry. Uh, To me, it's sexy when a man cries, like, because (laughs) it just shows that he's in tune with his emotions and he's not afraid to be vulnerable. And that's something that, like, I want to raise an emotionally intelligent man and a man mm-hmm. that can be vulnerable especially with the woman that he loves and I feel like I don't know what your situation was with your son's father but I feel like my son's father for a really long time was like emotionally unavailable oh yeah 100%. Um, Yeah. so yeah. like girl I was like trying to like peel back the onion peel back the onion mm-hmm. and he was like no <laughs> I would keep yeah. peeling and, and the onion was still there, girlfriend. And I'm just like, Girl,
0: the layers, <laughs> layers and layers, and layers. It was worse than Shrek, bitch. Like layers and layers and layers. You remember what he said? I'm an ogre. It's like an onion. No, no. Some of these men, they they're not ogres. It's worse than that. Yeah. And it's like, I. You know, what's crazy. And I'm so happy you brought this up. And, and even before we go into the next segment, I always say my son is a Pisces. He's very emotional. Oh, my son is you, a Pisces too. Oh. Yes, he's a Pisces. Yes. And so I always say he's They're very emotional. emotional beings. You, yeah. He loves you like a thousand times a day. And if I don't say I love you once, he's like, okay, fine, whatever. And so in my mind, I always thought, oh, he's emotional because, you know, he's a tool of his emotions. He says, I love you. He'll show you affection all this stuff until this moment. And it was like, oh, wait a minute. I, I, I kind of repeated it. And so I appreciate you saying that. I definitely turned to my therapist about this. Let okay. me, let me share that right now. Um, she also just say like, this doesn't make you a bad mother. Stop. And I was like, okay, you know, but it is very real to how I felt in that moment. And I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it either. I'm no. going to say how I felt yeah. in that moment because you know, we, we have those cultural, traditional, generational, um, pressures on ourselves that we, we still, we don't even realize sometimes that we've taken it with us. And, and let me say this, I wholeheartedly believe my mom, she wasn't like, it was more like, you know, I, I she likes to cry in her silence. She likes oh, to, gotcha. you know, just sit with herself with her emotions. I don't even, re- I don't even think she, realize she was doing that sometimes you know i don't even think she realized like whenever she talks about her parents god rest their souls they passed away many years ago it's she can't even get a word not even the first you already know she's about to say something about her mom and her dad it's something that's still with her so but she tries to hold back her tears and i i never realized the why she did it Mm. i i just made an assumption on the why and i carried that with me okay and it's insane, like how our childhoods could look like, right? So alike and yet be so different and how we then repeat those same stories, those same behaviors, those same moments, those same instances, as much as some of us may try not to, right? Um. So, uh, you know, even having the space right now to even share this and keep it all the way raw on this, I-, I appreciate this by the time this episode comes out we'll be living in a true moment and I'll be able to share that probably in the episode after not yet because Mm -hmm. you know, it's a secret, a good secret, but, um, you know, it's definitely, it's been quite a journey having to learn this new, um, phase in life as a mother, as a, as a daughter, right. As a woman, all still being Latina and, and, You know, one of the things I want to tap into in the double or nothing, which is the next segment, and tie it in with another, another piece, another work of art that I love so much that Felicia put out there. Two things. One, girl, that inner that inner teenager of yours. And two, that remarkable picture of yours that you have pinned on your IG that embodies so much healing and confidence. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just say this, okay? because I'm for it. I think I have a few pictures like that. I mean, not entirely like that, but something similar because I am someone who believes that, you know, loving on our bodies, our temples, our body is our temple has been such a rewarding part of the healing journey. There is so much that I had to unpack just associated with my body. When it's been seventy pounds heavier or seventy pounds lighter, okay? There's so much tied into that mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. There's so much, right? And once you reach a certain level of confidence that just no one can take away from you, this is why you get works of art like Felicia's post. And so I want to highlight that how it's more than just a picture. And, and, and I don't know if people know that or understand that, but I want you to shine light on that. And then I want you to shine a little light on that inner teenager of yours and how
1: she's doing. Okay. Um, (laughs) yeah, she's still, she's still reappearing, but we going to talk about her in a minute. (laughs) Um, so that post, um, it was actually, it was on, I actually posted it on my stories first. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was on the 4th of July, ironically, (laughs) and I happened to be on, so my mother lives in like a three family home, um, you know, that she rents, she, she lives on the third floor. So, you know, there's stairs to the roof. And so, you know, I would go on the roof and like sunbathe do other things, um, you know, illicit activities and so and such. But that day I happened to just be, you know, sunbathing mm-hmm. and I, you know, I've gone, you know, I've, I've done the topless thing on, like on the roof. And like I said, I'm on the roof. <laughs> the only people that could see me are the planes that are passing by. Cause my mom lives by JFK and I look like a speck. So no, yeah. no, están viendo. Yeah. So, you know, it, It started like that. Like I would, I would, you know, just take off my top and things like that. But that day I was like, you know what? I'm going to take off my bottoms too, because I feel like my kitty needs some sun. Like literally that was it. Like, I was just like, I'm just going to, I was laid out, giving her some sun. And it was something about the sun hitting me that I just felt like so recharged, and I was like, I've been on this like self-love, self-healing journey for a really long time. And I think that that was the first time in a long time or in ever really that I truly appreciated my body for what it was, not what I wanted it to look like, not what society wanted it to look like, but like truly loving the body that I'm in. Cause it's the only one I've got, right? Right. And yeah, like I'm 40 pounds heavier than I was three years ago. But again, I've gone up and down and I, and I've been, when I was the 40 pounds lighter, I was even more depressed than when I was heavier. Like it's like, it's Mm -hmm. so like crazy to like, think that like, I finally achieved the body that I thought that I wanted, but I hadn't worked on my mind. Amen to that. So I, I made it a point to like work on all the negative self-talk that I've ever done to myself. Like, you know, I'd be like, oh my God, my arms are so big. And, and why is it that when I gain weight, it doesn't go to my ass, it goes straight to Mm -hmm. my stomach and things like that. And in that moment, I was like, Felicia, this is it. (laughs) Like, this is us. Like, you are that bitch. And I was just like, I'm going to take this picture. I wasn't even going to post it, girl, because (laughs) I I was just like, I don't know how people are going to receive this. Because it was a completely nude photo. Yes, I put, like, little stickers on my boobs so that, you know, my nipples weren't out because I didn't want to be flagged. Um, But I had posted it on my stories first and i got so many dms like so many dms and they were like i love this picture like i even got one one girl um and she was like this is the like the epitome like the for like you picked the right day to post this shit this is the most freeing picture you could have posted uh-huh. on the like the most important day like when we celebrate this country's freedom like and i was like bitch like Cause I was afraid girl. Like I was shaking when I posted that story and I posted mm-hmm. that story and I put my phone down and I didn't look at my phone for a good 24 hours. Lucky mm-hmm. for me, you could still see people's replies, you know? Yeah. So when yeah. I went the next day, I got so much like feedback and I was like, this needs to live on my feed. Because not only does it need to live on my feet, but again, even the caption that I posted, like I was very intentional yes. about the yes. caption. Yes. Um, and it was exactly how I felt in that moment. Um yes. so yeah, like it's just that's how I feel. Like and like I said, like even even now, like, yeah, my arms are big, but like they're my arms. Like yeah. they help me yeah. carry my fucking ten pound purse. That should be heavy. I need big arms. Yeah. Um, you know, my little chichos, I love them. Like mm-hmm. literally. And I'm just like, what I what I what I wanna do, yeah, I mean, can I can I lose a few pounds? Sure, why not? I'm sure it'll be, you know, it'll be easier on my knees and all these other things.
0: Right. Right.
1: But I, I became super, like, like, when I'm determined to do something, like, there's mm. no stopping. So when I lost those 40 pounds, girls, I, girl, I lost that shit in, like, three months.
0: That's mm. not healthy.
1: A person is yes. supposed to lose 0.1 to, like, two pounds a month or a week. Yes. No, it's a month. Mm. Or maybe it's a week. I don't know. I forget. Because I, I really don't give a fuck what it is anymore. Because I don't give a fuck about the number on the scale. I'm with you. Right. Right. I'm with like you I don't give a fuck about the number on the scale. Mm-hmm. And you know why? Because that shit changes every day. Our bodies yep. change every single day. Our hormones change every day. So some days, girl, I wake up and I got the flattest tummy there is. And I'm like, Hey, mm-hmm. and then I drink some yeah. water and right away it bloats. Right. Mm-hmm. So just being mindful of the foods that I'm putting in my body and like loving my body. And like you were saying in the beginning, like, taking care of my temple because it's the only one I have. And if I don't love it, like who's going to love it? You know what I mean? And not that I need somebody to love it because girl, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you. You know what I mean? Like whoever's going to come is going to add to the love that I already feel for myself. And that's the thing. Like when I was in that relationship with my son's father, I didn't love myself. Mm -hmm. And you know, I just, I felt super uncomfortable with my weight and, and all these other things. And I just, I decided to like, not give a shit about like the number on the scale or like what my body specifically looked like, but I just want to, I want to feel healthy. I want to be able to walk up a flight of stairs and not feel out of breath. Right. I want to be able to like walk three or four. Like, let me tell you, my dad is 65 and that man walks like walk. Like he'd be mm-hmm. like, he'll leave the house at seven o'clock in the morning. We'll not come back to 11. Like, and he's walking the streets, girl, like just yeah. walking. And I'm like, that's where I get it from because I love walking. Like, right? I just love it. So that post, yeah, that was just, that's, that's where I'm at right now. Like I, I just, I'm loving myself and I know that like, you know, most women, we struggle with insecurities because we get on Instagram and we get on these platforms and we see these Instagram models and we see all these things and we start comparing. And let's be real, you know, they have the edits and they do this and they do that. So even those Instagram models, they don't love their bodies. Okay. They're faking it for you. And what I love about me is I'm not faking for nobody. I got like a thousand followers. What am I going to f- lie to you guys about something that I'm not actually feeling, right? Because right. I, I could right. get on the platform and be like, I have a great life. Da-da-da-da. And then I put my phone down and I'm like crying in bed because I exactly. hate my life. Exactly, Girl, exactly. that's not me. What you see on Instagram what gonna is what you're going to get in real life. Um, so let's go to that inner teenager
0: that inner teenager. Listen, for one, I just want to commend you on that post because there was, it was more to that picture. Absolutely. And I'm I'm happy it went from your story to a post. It was about the caption. It was about your, the energy and the feels you gave off of that picture was more than just, you know, tapes over nipples and you being bare. Um, the reason why I say that is because in my little ebook on my journey to self-love, I put up a picture of my body bare uh, from the profile, from mm. the side. And it was more than that. It was more than just, it, it's it's more than just skin deep. You know, it's, it's deeper than that. It's more work to that. And so that's where that post and that picture from you meant so much to me. Because when I saw that, I'm like, Felicia gets it. She gets it. She gets that all the work that we do. You're seeing our skin. You're seeing this completely free. You're seeing. You're seeing so much, but it's so much more for us. You know, for for a lot of people, it's like, oh my god, she's naked. No, it's more than that. You missed the point. You totally you missed, missed it. the point. You you stopped right here. You missed it. And so that's why I wanted to commend you so much for that. And 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 I just love that you did that. So yes, let's tap into this inner teenager because we just talked about all this childhood and all this other stuff but I want to talk about how it has been for you unpacking and discovering so much and now realizing oh fuck here is inner teenage Felicia
1: yeah so like I mentioned earlier um in the episode my mom is a breast cancer survivor and she was diagnosed with um stage four breast cancer um when I was 14 years old so I was a freshman in high school And my mother had to have a major, like, mastectomy reconstruction, like, literally her, the works. And Mm -hmm. I literally became my mother's caregiver. And I didn't, I didn't have a chance to be a child, right? Mm -hmm. Because I literally thought my mother was going to die. And I wanted to make sure that I got every moment with her. Because my mom, my grandparents died when my mother was, I think her mom died when she was like 14 or 15 and then her dad um died when she, she was already married to my dad by the time she was 15. Cause you know, it was the fifties or sixties at that point, but regardless, yeah. they were getting married at 15, 16, 17. There yeah, was no, no age limit. It was very
0: common. Yeah. The, no, it was common. I just realized that. Yes.
1: Same. So... Same. <laughs> So yeah, so you know, she was out of the house and I think her dad like I said, she would call her dad when she was cooking meals for, for my for my father and things like that. So I think mm-hmm. I think my mom was maybe might have been seventeen or eighteen. But the point is, like, she didn't have a lot of time with her parents. Um and I was afraid that like my mom was gonna die. And yeah. so like I just became like I had to become super like hyper independent. I had like, I I had to put my needs, my needs aside. Um, thankfully, I mean, that was in 2001 It's 2022. So, you know, that was not, that was not the end. Um, but I realized um, I'm actually posted something else like a couple of weeks ago, again, about my inner, my inner teenager. And the fact that I didn't realize that I, I resented my mother.
0: Yeah.
1: Because she was sick. Like, I was mad at her that she got sick. Mm-hmm. And, like, that realization, like, and that was, like, that was now, like, literally fucking teenage Felicia was like, we're fucking mad. And I was like, but well, why? Like, yeah. what the fuck yeah. are we mad about? Yeah. And yeah. literally, I was mad because my mother was sick. Like, like it was her fault. Like, she did this to herself. And, like, having to unpack that shit, because it's like, she didn't ask to get cancer, but I was 14. I didn't fucking know better. I just wanted my mom, and I just wanted to live my life, you know, I just wanted to live my life and be a, a normal 14-year-old that, like, got to, like, you know, maybe have her first love, and I did, eventually, I, I did, I whatever, whatever, around 14, 15-ish, <laughs> that happened. Yeah. No. You
0: good?
1: Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Uh, um so what you call it um yeah so like dealing with all of that like and again I was dealing with it like in the moment so when you're dealing with all these like health scares and all of that like you don't have a moment to like stop and think how do I feel how does this make me feel I just didn't have the time and when I started like And especially like this summer, like this summer, I made it like a super selfish summer. Like, I was like, I'm not making plans with nobody. I'm doing everything alone because for a really long time, I could, girl, I couldn't go to the movies by myself. Like, Mm -hmm. and I became like super dependent on needing another, like someone to be there to like live life. And I'm like, I used to do things all the time when I was younger. Like, so this, like this summer, I was like, we're going to go hiking. Like, we're going to go hiking alone. We're going to go to like random events alone and like getting out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And teenage Felicia, she hasn't been liking that, but she don't got a fucking (laughs) choice because we need to get over whatever the fuck we mad about. And in order to get over the shit, I, I needed to silence all the noise. Yeah, and um, yeah, she—it's been a struggle dealing with her, but I, 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 there's no coincidence. I'm dealing with a teenage boy. Yeah, yeah. So when he does shit, it reminds like my inner teenager. Be like, oh, you wanna fight? You wanna fight? Mm-hmm i will punch you and he's like no you're not and i I will punch you, you? and yeah. he's like no you won't and i'm like you right about that but i'm still gonna say i'm gonna punch <laughs> you get out my face yo like girl we be like in each other's faces yeah. and i'm like yeah. yeah and that's my that's my inner that's my inner it's Just she don't she not fucking with nobody and you know i feel yeah. sorry for whoever encounters her and i'm you know i'm sorry in advance because she she feisty <laughs> She don't. She not was, with the shit. She
0: not with the shit. What I love <laughs> about that moment, and and this is why I wanted to highlight it because it ties in so much. Felicia, like I said, she keeps it raw, and she she has shared so much that, you know, I'm I'm glad we're having this conversation. I'm able to say just how much of an impact it's made on me. And I said this several episodes ago. I've met people on a platform that have made such a greater impact as opposed to people that I've known probably my entire life. And it's a good thing. It's a really good thing when you really pay attention and you can learn so much. With that moment, my son had with his father, I now understand the the inner teenager shit. And it's because of what you shared about the inner teenager. Mm -hmm. and it makes sense so much how, when you said that, I said, I'm going to look this shit up, because believe it or not, I've never come across it, and now to be able to define it, now to be able to acknowledge it and realize what it is, oh, this is why I have those conversations with my mother, this is why, you know, I'm able to recognize certain things with my teenager, that I probably didn't have a fucking clue about when I was a teenager myself. Yeah. Right. And so it's something you shine light on that I've been able to come to know of, come to understand, come to become a little bit aware of. Mm-hmm. Can I say there's an inner teenager? No, I think I'm still in there in a child. I'm going to be honest. I think I'm still in that one. I don't know if there's ever going to be an inner teenager coming out. Um, I I really don't. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if it happens to everyone. Uh, I'm sure it's relevant to what you've gone through. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the kid that I have and what he's going through now as a teenager and now understanding what that means is like, oh, fuck, I have to make sure this kid is very in tune with his emotions, very in tune with with a lot of what's going on for him. So that years from now, he's not like, well, bitch, you wasn't there for me when I needed you, you know, or, 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 or something else. You know, I actually didn't know how much that tied into what happened with your mom. You know, and I'm so happy that it's been this long and she is surely a survivor. And that's a beautiful thing. So, you know, blessings to her. But I, I didn't know that. And so even for him to be going through something, right, because I didn't go through that. I, I I, was not your age and having to receive such news about my parents, right? Yeah. Um, maybe there were other things going on, but surely nothing like nothing that. Like and so that. imagine finding out at 14 how quick you have to grow up and skip this childhood, skip this teenager childhood. Because essentially it's a teen, but it's still a child. Yeah. So it's like you, you totally skipped that part and you had to grow up. And and it was like instant. It's like that adrenaline rush, but like skip four years, Yeah, go straight into like 18, the adult. And even at 18, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. So, you know, to have gone through that, you know, and to be able to unpack it now and to live, you know, what I'm going to call what seemed to be living your best life this summer, doing things for you, doing things for Felicia, things she probably could have done back then that she didn't get to, you know? Something that for some people is like, who goes hiking? Y'all, have y'all ever gone hiking? Let me tell you, it's a fucking beautiful thing. And it, it was you taking care of you. It was you, you know, catering to you, catering, paying attention, caregiving to entertain teen Felicia that you weren't able to do back then. And I commend you for that, for mm-hmm. identifying that, for seeing her for, for, for looking in the mirror maybe and saying, Oh, 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 look at you girl, you know, but, but knowing what, what she was trying to tell you yeah, and knowing how to be able to bring that a part of your life as opposed to dwelling on so much of the unpacking that you had to do. Um, but really putting it to work for your healing. And, and I want to commend you on that. That's huge. That's enormous. I hope you continue to share Um, because again, for me, I don't know if there's an inner teenager Daisy. I don't, maybe there is, but I think in a sense it has helped me a little bit with my teenager. Um, and so continue to share that more and more. Um, I want to go into the overdose. This is the last segment of the show (laughs) and it's the part where we say something we are completely overjoyed with or completely over it. It could be absolutely anything. So I mean, anything, nothing to do with the topic I hand, but, or it can't, but anything. So you could pick one or the other or both.
1: Um, okay. So something I'm completely over. And I think uh, most of my followers know I'm over my fucking job. Like... <laughs> I am over being the manager without being paid. I'm over being... Like, every time there's a fucking fire in that place, literally. I think that's why I got the red hair, because I feel like a fucking firefighter up in there. Like, literally, nobody could do anything. And when I mean nobody, I mean from the attorneys all the way down to the support staff. Every single person in my fucking office calls me. And I'm like... Bro. Are you gonna take some of my work while you at it? Because you just keep dumping shit on my plate and taking nothing mm. off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I've also had to set boundaries with that. But I'm over my job, and they know I'm over this shit. So they've yeah. been they've been realizing that I've been setting boundaries subtly. And they're like, oh, she's not playing. Like, I'm like, don't text me. You wanna, you going to give me an assignment, you fucking email me. My phone is for personal use. And if you wanna text me, get me a company phone. But realistically, I don't want that shit. Cause then I'm available to you 24/7. And nobody, and I mean nobody on this god given earth has that much access to me. Mm-hmm. Not even my kid. So that's what I'm mm-hmm. over. And what I am <laughs> overjoyed with. I love it so over that fucking place. I'm going to leave soon. Um, <laughs> but in the meantime, it's doing what it needs to do It's pay. It's, it's financing my life. So, but yeah. I'm still over that yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, something I'm overjoyed about, um, is me diving deeper into my spirituality. So like, you know, I, I talked about like God and going to church and, and like shifting from that and like, girl, let me tell you Your girl is a whole motherfucking bruja and like, (laughs) I be scaring myself, but I be like, yes, bitch. Like I am like in my fucking power and I've never been like this connected to source. So yeah, I'm just, girl, I'm living my truth. Like for real, for real. And it's, and and it's great. And I feel like I'm just like connecting back to like traditional, like traditionally um like our you know in uh indigenous religions right so I'm oh yeah so I'm not oh, yes. I'm not trying like I mean whatever church is good for whoever it's good for um yeah. I just don't feel connected to that um and the fact that like I've been able to find a different avenue like I'm just overjoyed with like all of the information that I'm getting me implementing all of that. So, you know, stay tuned. Bruja vibes. Okay. We may be I having some you. offerings soon, but that's a whole nother. I heard you. you know, one thing at a time.
0: I, I heard you. Listen, let me say this. I'm someone who has totally um worked on coming back to her faith and reconnecting with God. But let me be very honest about something. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I want people to understand why I'm able to be so open to this. I believe so wholeheartedly in spirituality. I believe that there are people out there who can give you those messages. Mm -hmm. I believe that there are people out there who can see certain things. Okay. I am Ecuadorian Mm. indigenously, indigenously. There are certain things that not the church nor society can teach you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Indigenously. I say that. Why? Because there is, like my grandfather used to say, sangre de indio, okay? Mm. We have that. We have that. There's certain teachings that we know um, through a language other than Spanish, through our culture that's deep into the fucking rainforest, okay? Like, there is certain things that that we understand, that we know. There's things that... I remember Marcus being asthmatic mm-hmm. and getting all these medications. Un remedio. God rest her soul. Mami Olguita used to say... No, I said so. Give Do me this and this and this. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I cannot. We cannot be unplugged, girl. This conversation yes. is too so yes. good.
0: <laughs> My grandmother, Mama <clears throat> used to say, "All right, those medicines are fine, but you're gonna get this, okay. you're gonna get this, and this, and none of that was at a CVS. None of it was at a Walgreens. Um, some of it I had to go to a market. Um, you know, there was other things involved here. Yeah. But I believe that a lot of it comes from like to your point, real traditional, real indigenous, like real nature, real holistic, like there's so much more there. And so, yes, the same way I can say that I can go back to my faith and I could find God again. And I, and I do believe in that there is a huge part of me that still has that space for it's spiritually and what it looks like for me when I'm like, okay, I'm done with all these remedios. Let me go to this now, because I remember I was told to go grab that brown paper bag and to do this, or it's a, it's a tela de seda. And I no, there's a whole bunch of other stuff there Hmm. that when you tap in that far, you know how to be able to have true. And I want to say true faith True, true faith. Okay. There's so much more to that to connect with. And so I appreciate you saying that because a lot of people feel like, oh, well, if you're for this, then you're not for that. No. You you can easily just say, I'm just not connected there. I'm more connected here. Or you can see the value in both. It's not just like, oh my God, no. If you're for that, then no, my God. Like there was just always so much scrutiny growing up to certain things. And I, I grew up in that and I grew up in that mindset until, until I came, you know, face to face with someone that, that spoke to me, what I know today coming from spirit. Mm. I, I didn't know that then. And truthful to the messaging that I received is exactly, exactly how things happened. And I don't take that for granted. When I realized what it was, it it was a full embrace. Mm. It, It was me knowing that that was just someone preparing me. That was just someone letting me know there's a message out here for you. This is to prepare you. And you know what? It did help. There was a rock bottom for me, but it did help. It did. And, and, and and there's a lot of beauty to that. And so kudos to you. I hope that whatever those offerings are, you do chase after them and you do get to them and you share them with the world and you continue to do so. And this has been the theme here. I'm like, Felicia, you just got to keep sharing, but you should, you should, and you should continue to do it because a lot of us can find so much, um, you know, comfort in prayer but a lot of us can find a lot of comfort in plenty else. Um, and it comes from offerings. It does. A lot of that has gotten lost throughout the years. Um, and, and we need more of that. So I'm very happy for you that that's what you're finding joy in and, um, and what you're completely over girl. I was once there, I was, and I feel you and I'm gonna pray for you. Um, I'm going to share when I am completely over it. And I am completely over society, skipping over Thanksgiving decorations and just Thanksgiving in general. And I'm going to tell you why, because y'all like, can I just get a little bit of fall colors? Okay. Like I get it. Let's bring on the Christmas. Like I don't get me wrong. I get it. But baby steps. Y'all there's, there's moments here. Like, can we just like, you know, just just a little bit, like just just give us a little bit of of. of I don't need to be bombarded in the mailbox with a bunch of like twenty five magazines of all the Christmas sales when I haven't even had some turkey. Like, bro, I just they have go me up. pao. <laughs> I just, you know, because once those things come in, everybody starts circling what they want, and and, oh, I want this, and I want that, and thank God these kids are grown now, and they're not, like, little because those magazines was like, the favorite shit to watch and look at, but I'm just in a space where it's like, yo, we've really have neglected Thanksgiving. Like Thanksgiving is like ignored and it breaks my heart. I just think we should just really give it a little bit of more recognition. I'm all for the Christmas spirit. I'm ready for it right after Thursday. But in the meantime, Let's let's just live. Let's just let Thanksgiving society used to do a little better, and just let Thanksgiving live, and not because of you know the pilgrims and stuff like that. That's not it. I'm totally here just for the food.
1: No, I get and it, and just
0: <laughs> to be grateful with the family. That's it. I'm here for the food, and yes, some of us do not just have turkey. Okay, that's oh, all no. I want to
1: say. Yeah, we have more.
0: Uh, you with me on that? Okay. Well, Felicia, we have come to the end of this episode. This has been, it's like almost two hours. So. <laughs> by the time you hear this y'all might have just heard part two I think that's what I think that's what it's gonna give they may need to come back to hear the end of this very raw and deep conversation that's okay um would you like to share with my listeners where they can find you and follow you
1: um yes uh so my Instagram name is literally my name so it's Felicia (laughs) P-H-Y-L-I-C-I-A underscore underscore and then my last name Vega V-E-G-A um yeah yeah I'm just yeah I'm just, yeah I'm just on IG I don't I don't even bother with any other platforms because I just yeah she already
0: said it. she don't do the Facebook so don't go bother <gasps> don't, for her. Yeah. just leave her alone leave me alone yeah. on
1: Facebook because I don't go on there and TikTok I don't even post so it's not even worth even sharing so IG is where I'm at. I
0: have I have yet to create that TikTok y'all don't bother me
1: it's not gonna <laughs> happen no I just do no. it to watch videos that's it <laughs>
0: Everybody that I know does it just to watch videos, and then everybody that I know sends me those videos. I just, I, I, I just, I can't. You know, I, I, I cannot. I, I you see how I, I get nervous. It, it stresses me out. I can't do it. I just. I, I don't know how you guys do it. I really don't. My sister is on TikTok all fucking day. She works from home, but she's on TikTok all fucking day. And that's all she does all day, sends me TikToks. She works, don't get it twisted, but she's on TikTok all fucking day. I just, I can't do it. No, absolutely not. But um, it has been a pleasure having this conversation with you. I am so happy you came on to touch on some really raw topics. And it's not easy to have these conversations. It's not easy to unpack, to share, um, to reveal. And I, I want to say and commend you to continue on with this level of self-love and self-care and confidence and, and continue to bring those offerings to reality. I see something really big with you, and I'm excited for what the future holds for you. And y'all, make sure you go follow Felicia because you don't want to miss this vibe. It's, it's a whole, it's a whole vibe. But thank you for coming. Thank you
1: for having me. And yeah, we definitely gonna need a part two, girl, because there's so much more we need to talk about. But until then, this is all y'all get. Okay oh and follow me follow yes. me and you'll get more
0: yes, follow her yes and as always guys this has been another week and another episode on double dose of raw talk podcast I'm your host Misty and you guys will tune in next week bye don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter and we are live on your favorite podcast streaming platform make sure to tell a friend to tell a friend to subscribe rate and review talk to you later
1: bye